Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 68 of A Play on Nerds. I am one of your co-hosts, Jarman. And I'm the other guy, Steve. And this week, for our feature, we're going to be talking about Star Trek The Motion Picture as we slowly make our way through all the Star Trek films in different episodes. And in return, I'm going to make Steven do this. I'm also going to watch the Muppet films because that's right. That's his favorite. Yeah, we were talking and I said, you know, Jarman, we should really get back to our roots. And the roots of this show were in us talking about Star Trek stuff and Muppet stuff. So we're going to do do two years ago us proud. (laughs) <laughs> and, and and bring that back and if i'm bring right you haven't seen all the star trek films right i'm pretty sure i've seen all of them. oh you have okay because i've not seen maybe half of the muppet films at some point or another i'm i'm more familiar with the newer ones as far as like next generation group movies and right. the older ones but yes I, I think i've seen them all at some point so you had seen this one before yes and Long. in fact this is despite most people not liking it that much. This is my favorite one of the old ones. Gotcha. Oh, and when you give our warning about. Uh, oh, so <laughs> yeah, we. So I guess it's a good time to kick off a weekly update. It's true. <laughs> um, so today my daughter Joyce went for her two month checkup and at two months comes some immunization. So she got two shots today and she is just so mad. <laughs> she is so mad. The um, And I will tell you, for those of you who don't have kids, the look of betrayal she had on her face when they stuck her with the second needle was enough to break a man. Because <laughs> the first one, she's like, oh, my, my parents didn't know that was coming. Obviously, they wouldn't let that happen to me on purpose. Yeah, what uh, the hell was that? What the hell was that? And then the second one, they're like, she's like, why? Why? Well, you even, me? even the nurse for the second one, she's like, uh, this one's my least favorite. And she went, it burns as it goes through their veins for the first time. Oh, my God. As it, as it goes to their body. And I went, oh, awesome. Jeez. Which immunizations were they? Do you remember? Uh, today was the DTAP or TDAP, something like that. It's not TDAP is the adult version. I'm not sure what the kid version is slightly different. Um, and then rotavirus immunization and one more pneumococcal immunization, whatever the hell that is. And because babies, you know, babies, they can't do it all at once. So this is actually the first of a three at, at four months and then six months, she'll get the exact same thing she got today. So we have this two more times. Oh, no. Um, but then she'll be fully immunized against that grouping. There are more immunizations to come, but she has to go through this set of three. Well, obviously, that means she's going to be autistic. Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's so horrible. You're right. My my daughter will be artistic. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, she's doing good. She's still a petite little lady. She's like 5% on the growth chart for both height and weight. On the low 5% or something? Yeah. She's just not. She's at the bottom of the chart. Gotcha. But she's healthy, though. Yeah, yeah, she's gaining weight consistently. She's at eight pounds, five ounces. She was born at six pounds. Yeah, tiny. So, you know, she's doing great. Yeah, and the doctor didn't seem concerned about anything. That being said, I'm pretty sure Joyce could have, like, an arm start to grow out of her neck, and the doctor would be like, oh, it's, it, babies do that. <laughs> 
hopefully not your baby. But yeah, other than that, I've just been getting back into the the drive of work and yeah, getting geared up for the holidays already, which just hurts my heart that that's already happening. I know. But yeah, what have you what have you been up to? Well, besides the um, orange elephant in the room that we'll talk about in a minute. Um, yes. The fun thing I did before the election was uh, a bachelor party that I went to. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it was a fun, nerdy bachelor party for my friend Josh, who's getting married this weekend. Okay. Uh, but none of that uh, typical stuff like strip clubs or that kind of thing. Um, it was a long night. Started at 430 in the afternoon. Went to Whoa. laser tag at Hard Knocks, which is a very uncomfortable laser tag place. Because here's the thing. Laser tag is meant mostly for kids. Let's be honest. Yes. It's, I, yes. It's fun. I, lo- I like it as an adult. It's, it was made popular again in How I Met Your Mother with Barney Stinson. He's like, let's suit up and go play laser tag, which is cool. But they even make fun of it in the show that there's mostly kids there. And then he's there in a suit playing laser tag as an adult. Um, but it's called Hard Knocks. And it's playing off the word knockers. It really is. Because it's like Hooters, basically, where all the staff there, they only hire attractive young women. And they're wearing tight clothes okay. and there's a bar there, but then there's, there's still just kids there. So this is my second bachelor party there, which I, I don't know if that's just because of laser tag or the, the girl theme. I don't know, but, uh, right. So it's weird because they'd be like all of us in our bachelor party group playing against a team of children and they're like, it just feels wrong somehow. <laughs> So, yeah, but it was still fun, though, because the group I was with and uh, these okay, guys, are, they're not heavy drinkers or anything either. So it was just kind of a really good, like, you know, wholesome, good time. And right across the street, because this was International Drive, uh, which is part of Orlando, Florida, that's geared way towards tourists. Uh, oh, my. Even when I left, it was that way. And I can't even imagine now. Yeah, it's just filled with tourist trap restaurants and really expensive bars and, and touristy stores and that kind of thing. It's right near Universal Studios and Disney um, and lots of hotels. But uh, there was this slingshot thing that's right across the street where they basically put you in this thing and it slingshots you up in the air and you bungee back down, basically. Uh, you might have seen it before, Stephen. I'm not sure if you have. Yeah, I've seen it. something similar to yeah. it. Yeah. And so we, we put the bachelor and his best man in there and they went flying up into the air and it was ridiculous. I would never go on that in my life. I had no reason to. No. no, I'm good. Yep, I'm good. Right here on the ground. And then we went for Ethiopian food, which if the listeners have not had before, have you had that, Steve? That's a lot of hand eating. Yeah. And that's the thing is that uh, we have <laughs> a lot of my friends aren't the cleanest of guys. They uh, they're, you know, they're typical guys. They don't necessarily always wash their hands and that kind of thing. And I'm super OCD. So mm-hmm. I you basically with Ethiopian food, they give you a big plate of meat and vegetables with sauces on it. And you, you give you this spongy bread and you use your hands to use the bread and pick up the food and eat it. Yeah, the bread is your utensil. Right. So it's kind of my OCD nightmare. But uh, so I, what I did was I tried to quickly get in there and get enough to make myself slightly full and then not have to worry about it. Because then it got real gross because the bottom of the plate, the big tray is also bread. So you can break that off and then eat it at the end. And so they were just digging in, getting all messy. And I was like, uh, uh, I need more alcohol. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm sure Steven can picture me there. Uh, yes. So then we went to an escape room after that. So there's still more. So the escape room, have you probably have heard of it? It's like where, you know, yeah. you, there's puzzles to get through each room. This one was actually really good. There was like five rooms and it was difficult puzzles. It was Egyptian theme. So we were in a tomb. Uh, so that was cool. I didn't help that much, to be honest, because these guys were really proactive about it. So I just kind of took a back seat and did some of the puzzles by myself and helped where I could. But we made it through in time. And then Dave and Buster's after that, which I think is a national chain, right? Yes. 
Okay. It's like a big, I, mean, I, I haven't seen any out here, but I know that they are up in Pittsburgh and gotcha. all over the place. It's basically a giant arcade with a bar and with food and kind of like an adult Chuck E. Cheese because it's and luckily that actually is mostly adults there. There's there were some teenagers and stuff, but it was, you know, like midnight by then. Uh, so the cool thing there, there's a Star Wars pod racer uh, machine, arcade machine, which is great. You get in there's your big giant pod with a wraparound screen. It's a brand new oh, that's arcade. That's awesome. And yeah, you have like the, the throttle and the, the, the gun, like the, what do you call it? Joystick. And it, it's just really cool. And there, yeah, I did, um, the, uh, speed racer adventure. What's the one for the speed? What do they call those speeders? Speeder bikes. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shooting stormtroopers and stuff going through. Endor. Uh, like in the forest moon of Endor. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. It was, it was a lot of fun, but you know, it lasted like 10 minutes and I was dead. So, you know, there it goes in my money. That was always my favorite level on uh, that N64 game, Shadow of the Empire. Oh, great game. Was the speeder bike where you had to, like, take out a, the swoop gang. Yes. Was their name. I forgot about that. You had to take out the swoop gang. You yeah. remember their name. Of course I did. Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> and I remember fighting, yeah, fighting Boba Fett's, like, his machine, his uh, little craft and everything. That was a great game. So, yeah. Then after that, we had a hotel room booked in this resort hotel across the street. And just drank a little bit more and got to, you know, have good talks about, you know, getting married and that kind of thing. So it was cool. It was a good night. Oh, good. That sounds like a, a fun, nerdy bachelor party kind of. Yeah. And right before the whole world collapsed. That's right. It hasn't collapsed yet. True. It will. <laughs> oh, God. Um, so, all right. So let's talk about the big, awful thing uh, that happened this week. Yes. So uh, Donald Trump mm, became the president elect of the United <sighs> States of America this week. And for the second time in my life, a person won the popular vote, Mm -hmm. had more people vote for them, and lost the election. Yes. For the second time in my lifetime. So I do remember that when Al Gore got the popular vote, but not the electoral college. And so Mm -hmm. George W. Bush got to be president. And that, and we all see how that worked out. Yeah. (laughs) All of his policies drove us into terrible debt. Um. But man, this is something else. This is something very different. We have a reality TV star as our president and the movie yes. Idiocracy is coming true. Yep. Um, if you're a Trump supporter listening to this podcast, I don't understand. Just turn it off. I mean, I don't understand you. Don't, you. I don't. We aren't for you. Um, I currently know of my circle of friends are all very liberal, democratic people. But I do have one friend who I was very surprised by. He's on Facebook. He's not someone you know, but he's a very behemoth Trump supporter, but he's also very big LGBT community supporter. He's, uh, you know, big you in the arts community. I'm sorry. And I was just, I'm just very confused. So yeah, just be prepared. We're about to get into it, folks. So if you don't like that talk, you can skip ahead, maybe 10 minutes. <laughs> um, or just turn us off. Yeah. I'm, I'm frankly, I know that, that in the past you've been on me about saying things that are too political. <laughs> um, I'm okay with you not listening to us. Yeah. Like the- I re- I really am. The thing is, like, you. reasonable-minded Republicans, like my most of my mom's side of the family, they none of them voted for Trump. Like, they just couldn't. They were like, yeah. "I'm a Republican for these reasons, like for old, like twenty years ago reasons, but not this kind of stuff. This is not what I signed up for." So, my mother actually changed to Democrat before this election was over, so she could yeah. vote in the primaries. Um, yeah, it's it's nuts. But I'm I'm good without you. Yeah, <laughs> I I'm fine. If if we lose. We, you know, we don't have that many listeners, but if we lose three listeners. I'm fine. And I saw this thing today about different countries around the world. And they polled people and said, you know, who would you vote for if you were an American or who do you want to be in the American president? And without fail, almost every single country was overwhelmingly Hillary, Hillary Clinton. 
And only one country said Trump. And guess what country that was? Uh, Russia. Yep. That was the one. It was only 31%, by the way, but that was still right, more right. than not, the, not uh, an overwhelming. Yeah. Most of them said, I don't know, or I don't care or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we came to this. I don't know when we became such a frightened and hateful country. I, oh, and I, by the way, 50% of, 50% of our nation didn't vote. For, for like 45 or 46%. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's terrifying. Yeah, I mean, people just didn't care to go out and vote at yeah. all. Um, I love it. How is Australia? They have compulsory voting, meaning you have to vote, or, or you, have you to don't, pay a fine. Yeah, fine, or you don't get a tax break or something like that. So, like everyone votes, and they, I bet they say they don't want to do that here because they don't want uneducated people voting. But the thing is, when you're required to vote, I bet you're more likely to figure out what you're voting for. And if you're letting people in Arkansas vote, <laughs> uh, then we're, we've already crossed the line of uneducated people voting. Let's be honest. We'll just be honest here. Um, and there's, you know, there's a lot of blame game going around right now. Right. And less people voted for Hillary Clinton um, than uh, the last two elections for Barack Obama. So yes. she just got didn't get people didn't come out and vote. They didn't yep. vote. Um, um, yeah. And, you know. It's it's the Republican National Convention's fault for not taking Trump seriously enough early and mm-hmm. stopping him. It was the Democratic National Convention's fault for being cocky um, and ignoring the polls. You know, I, I was a very big early Bernie guy and every poll showed him beating Trump everywhere. And he was popular. He was bringing the young vote out, which is very difficult. Uh, he was bringing out minority votes, which is very difficult, uh, and they ignored it. And they said, no, nah, it's Hillary's turn. And guess what? It wasn't Hillary's turn. And here's the thing, which I understand, is that people kept bringing up all these horrible things they say Hillary Clinton did. And so I really wanted to know. I want to be an educated voter. One of my good friends, she was burning her bus, so she said she wasn't going to vote for Hillary either. I said, okay. Uh, so I tried to look up all the research. I tried to search the worst things they, they are saying that Hillary Clinton did. And I, when you actually research each individual item, none of them hold any water. They're all allegations, conspiracy theories, and usually amount to nothing. So it's like, but the problem was whenever they would ask Hillary Clinton in a debate, like they say, what about those emails to just change the subject instead of saying, well, here, here's this, this, and this, and why that doesn't matter. If she'd actually did that a little bit more and explained, hey, I'm not a criminal. I didn't do this crap you're saying I did. And this is all overblown. I think it might have helped her. But then people just thought she was a criminal or should be in jail and stuff. It's like, actually, none of this crap holds any water. But what do I know? Um, But the people that I blame, and I'll probably get hit for this, uh, are the people that voted third party. Well, especially in swing states. I mean, there was no reason to. This is the way I think about it and the sort of narrative I've been telling in my head. So imagine you're a kid and your mom says, hey, honey, come into the kitchen. You want to walk into the kitchen all excited. She said, let's decide what kind of sandwiches are going to make for everyone for lunch. And you say, OK, what, what do we have? And she's like, well, we don't have many good choices because I didn't go grocery shopping. <laughs> so we can do peanut butter and jelly. And you're like, oh, but it's chunky peanut butter and I hate chunky peanut butter. She's like, OK, it's fine. Oh, or we really have nothing. We can do mayonnaise sandwiches. And you're like, mayonnaise sandwiches, there's no substance. They're good. It's basically not a sandwich. 
you sit there and you think for a second. You said, Mom, I want a hot dog. And your mom said, we don't have hot dogs. We don't have buns. And like, I'd have to fire the grill up and we just can't. That's not on the menu. And you said, no, Mom, I did. I did the research. And hot <laughs> dogs are, are have a lot of protein and the buns are great and you can customize them any way you want. Your mom said, honey, really, I'm very proud of you for doing that research. <laughs> but you can't. We don't have what it's going to take to make a hot dog. We just don't. We don't have it. And while you were sitting there telling your mom about how great hot dogs were, your jackass cousin Bob, who loves mayonnaise and hates gay people, walked in <laughs> and said, hey, are we doing mayo sandwiches or what? And your mom said, fine, we're doing mayo sandwiches. And because you decided to choose something that wasn't on the menu, now we all have to eat mayo sandwiches for the next four fucking years. Mm-hmm. So thank you, independent voters, for choosing mayo sandwiches. Yeah. And they had this principal position of, uh, I have to make a stand and vote for my principles. I said, and well, I hope, it, I hope it feels good. And now they're saying, well, and they're trying to say, well, don't blame us. There wasn't enough votes anyways. There was. But I mean, there would have been if no, like, if no one had voted for those third parties, then yes, there would have been enough votes. But yeah, I, the, I, the bigger, huger problem, I think, was that nobody voted because if tons more people voted, then I think we would have had Hillary Clinton as a president right now. Yeah. Because um, 46% of our whole nation didn't vote. That's pathetic. Yeah. And I feel just saddened and scared, disappointed, everything at once. And I am the least person to be scared, sad, disappointed because I'm a cisgendered straight white male that's the worst part is yeah i'm i'm a white guy yeah and i'm afraid i can't even imagine what it feels like to be part of the lgbt community or a person I can't of imagine color what it feels like to be a minority or muslim or any mix of any of those things i can't even imagine it and i'm a straight white guy yeah oh god damn it america i think they're gonna i was telling somebody earlier today they're you know really scared they're they're a minority an immigrant, no less. And they're just saying that, you know, I'm terrified what's going to happen to me in my life, how people are going to treat me and, you know, all these policies and things that he wants to do. And I said, well, here's the thing. Even when Barack Obama had the House and the Senate, both Democrat, he could barely still accomplish anything because they blocked him at every turn. Right. Even even when he had the majority Democrat, he got blocked all the time. So the thing is, they can still block Trump on almost everything if they put their minds to it. And they probably should. And yes. he just tries to do crazy things like nominate a like Newt Gingrich and Sarah Palin to positions of power, Rudy Giuliani. They're probably going to block his nominations because that's over the top crazy and no one wants that. Yes. But the thing he can probably get forward is Obamacare because everyone wants to get rid of that. All the Republicans want to get rid of it. So that will go through. I'm going to lose my insurance. I will have yeah. no insurance in a few months. So thanks. Thanks, Trump. Instead of thanks, Obama, we can say thanks, Trump. Yeah, God, thanks, Obama, Trump. <laughs> but yeah, that's why the other thing is like his Supreme Court nominees will, those are people who will then change laws forever for us, or at least for a long time. For, for a generation. Yeah, so until they die. There are only two Democratic judges left. So hopefully they can block some of those nominations, but they don't have the power to do that much. So no. I don't hope we don't lose marriage equality. I hope we don't lose Roe v. Wade, where we have, you know, choice for women. Uh, yeah. Um, so it's a scary time in America. I'm trying not to get too overhyped because fact is the man's a nincompoop. 
He's right. surrounding himself with other nincompoops. <laughs> the ACLU has already vowed to fight him on like the 12 unconstitutional things he said he's already going to do. Yeah. Um, and they can tie him up in legalese for a long time. And he has lawsuits against him like that are still he is, pending. He's going to see court before he even gets inaugurated. He's going to what? He's he's a part of a civil suit right now that that's going to court before he's even nominated, before he's uh, inaugurated. Well, the child rape civil suit, I think, was just recently dropped. Like the yeah, I'm talking about off. Trump University. Oh, that thing. Yeah. Yes. Where people paid thirty five thousand dollars to go to an elite like two week seminar or something like that, where he, they were going to be told the secrets of the real estate industry by handpicked Trump guys. And it ends up that everyone running it had never actually met Trump before. Oh, and that there was no actual substance or like things that were actually going to be taught. And he's, they're all suing him. He's a con artist at every single turn and somehow they just don't care. Yeah. You know? And the worst thing today, I saw his meeting with Obama. Did you get to watch that? Uh, no, I did not. So they did like the after meeting press thing where they sit, they're sitting in those two chairs and like, they're just talking to the press for a bit. And Obama talked for like five minutes and was very eloquent and you could see the sadness in his eyes, but he was trying to keep it together and like I met today, President Trump, and we had a good meeting, and I am going to put my faith in him, and he's willing to work with me. So it's fantastic. But he's much more eloquent than I am, of course. But And so then he turns it over to Trump, and Trump like rambles for five minutes incoherently, as he always does. He can't form complete sentences. Um, it was just embarrassing. Like you could see the dichotomy of the changeover we're going to have, and it's just sad. So anyways, we're, we're yeah. going to move on to happier things, right? <laughs> I guess. I mean, my news is, I, I guess. Yeah, nerdy news, I guess. It's time for Nerdy News. Do you have nerdy news? I do. I couldn't really find anything of substance. <laughs> well, this is stuff I've been collecting. So that's what I've been doing now for nerdy news is like as I ramble through Reddit and the Internet, if I find something interesting, I just tag it. That's a great idea. And so like these, both these stories I found like a week ago. Nice. All right. So not really a clever title, but it's going to be called Aliens Everywhere. Beautiful. Like it already. So scientists in Ontario uh, have found water down in these deep, super deep mines um, that they've uncovered during drilling that has been completely separated from the rest of the world. For they believe as much as 2.7 billion years. Jeez. And they are studying it and finding that there are signs of life in this water. So this would be life that has um, evolved devoid of sunlight, uh, outside influence, and basically evolved completely separately for the last 2.7 billion years. Jeez. And what makes this interesting is that they are studying this because the this is the kind of life that if we find life on Mars, this is the kind of life it would be. But that they're excited because it's going to give them things to look for. And if we do find life, how to study it the best by finding basically these aliens that have been living under the Earth's surface for the last 2.7 billion years. What if they're intelligent? They're not. And they're controlling our stock markets. <laughs> That's the lizard people. Oh, um, right, right, right. Of course. So that was neat. And then this one actually has to do with what we're going to talk about a little bit later, which is Star Trek. Mm. Um, so Star Trek Next Generation and Aliens are getting a crossover comic book series. I did see that. 
Uh, it's going to be called Star Trek Acceptable Losses. Oh, God. And almost nothing is known about it right now. But the the prospect of of Alien, the next generation, just makes me so happy for whatever reason. Yeah, like having one like lost in the Jeffries tubes of the ship, like that'd be amazing. That's one of them trying fit. to like like what would happen if Data got like a face sucker? Like would a regular like what would happen? Uh, I would also love love to see some sort of I don't know matchup or otherwise of the alien and the Borg. Yes, that'd be who great. Are, like two of like my favorite sci-fi villains ever. Or there's actually a, a Voyager, a Star Trek Voyager species called Species 8462 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like a, a biological species, right? Yeah, they like, come from a different dimension, and it's something that the Borg can't defeat. But they, they want to take over the universe, so it's the only time Starfleet, well, just Voyager, teams up with the Borg to kill that species because they're a threat to everything. So that'd be cool to have. because They look kind of like the aliens. That's why I brought them up, because they look kind of uh, similar, and they could fight each other. Um, be badass. Yeah, so I'm excited. For whatever reason, that just makes me stoked. They find great crossovers for uh, Star Trek. They did um, Doctor Who. They did X-Men. Like, they've done some awesome ones. But yeah, I'm just excited because someone, like, this is the other part that I'm excited for. Like, people we like are going to die. <laughs> Acceptable losses, man. Like, some, yeah, like, Jean-Luc's gone. Worf is gone. <laughs> some Jordy with a thing through his head. <laughs> yeah. And then Ripley saves the day. Yeah, Ripley shows up. The cat's there for some reason. <laughs> A little kid. Yeah, kid shows up. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm very excited. So Star Trek meets aliens. Very cool. So now I guess we're going to move on to the main segment. Yeah, Absolutely. Star Trek, the motion picture. So in getting back to our roots, we're going to go through and uh, review Star Trek The Motion Picture. And really, I watched through it and just sort of wrote down some impressions I had of it and things I found a little bit amusing um, because I had not watched it in a long time and it it has not aged well from what I remember in my memory. (laughs) Neither have those jumpsuits. No. There's a lot of like tunic-y kind of stuff going on in this one. Now, did you see all the penises in this movie? No. So this movie is is notoriously known that you can just see everyone's junk in every jumpsuit. Now, I the did main, notice a lot of the jumpsuits were like short. Like, well, like the main characters get a little like flap or kind of like a little skirt thing that goes on top of that covers up their groin area. It's like a like, cod piece. <laughs> well, it's no, just like a little skirt that kind of goes longer the, the tunic. So it covers up the groin, but like uh, Decker and a few of the, and like all the regular like crewmates, mm-hmm. there's you just see their, their junk. There's just a big penis sticking out at you. That's right. <laughs> That's what the future is. Penises everywhere. So the first two things I wrote down is, uh, you know, it opens with the like Klingons, mm-hmm. the birds of prey. And, the, and I made a note of like, man, those are like goofy in between design Klingons. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, like on not their really way the to, Klingons we know, but not really the Klingons from the old show. Like, yeah, there was a you know uproar about this when this first came out because Klingons in the old series didn't have those ridges on their forehead and stuff, and they're like, what is this? What are they doing? So they actually tried to explain it in canon over the years that um, during the time of the original series, when the Klingons went to the original planets, they a uh, altered themselves so they'd fit in better, so they could have better relations with with Starfleet and that kind of thing. And then they eventually just gave it up because they realized they still got treated really badly no matter what they look like. 
And then later on in Star Trek Enterprise, the most recent TV series, they had a whole episode about that where they said that it was um, genetic alterations that were being done to make them into superhumans. And that's what made them lose there because they had some human DNA. Or, it was very mm-hmm. convoluted. Right. They, they're just trying to explain why the makeup suddenly changed. Uh, so yeah, they're goofy Kling, uh, transition Klingons. And then my second thing I wrote down was, why are Klingon ships always so dusty? <laughs> they don't have, they don't clean, they're Klingons. Yeah, but like it's, you know, the shot, I think it's like three guys sitting in seats and dull light, and then just this kind of fog haze in the air <laughs> everywhere. There's like Man. a guy in the back smoking a hookah or something. <laughs> they're all just smoking stogies on their brakes. <laughs> I was like, Man, I they, need, they should be smoking cigars. They, they need be... to air that shit out. <laughs> it's like a smoky bar in there. <laughs> They like they like the ambiance, but I love the Klingon theme. Speaking of Klingons, that music yeah. is really good. They kept that for a long time. There's the really good music through this whole the whole movie. It is one of the highlights of this. Almost film to like music. a fault in that yeah. sometimes there's too much music. Um, there, there's nothing else going on. <laughs> uh, we've got Reverend Camden from Seventh Heaven Seventh as a young Heaven. man. Uh, uh, you remember what he did, right? Yeah, he, t- he touched little kids. Apparently. <laughs> That's what I wrote down, too. <laughs> we shouldn't be laughing about that, but it's pretty horrible. Well, he's a, it's hilarious that a man that was iconicized for being fa- King Family Values on a television show that was very popular ended oh, up yeah. being a terrible pedophile. Because he absolutely has, like, dad face. You know, like, he looks like he should be playing dad characters, and then that's yeah. how he makes kids trust him. It's terrible. Uh, but he's like a baby in this. Yeah. I don't even remember his character's name, but he's some like kind of young, naive. Oh, it's Decker? Okay. Young, naive, Starfleet junior commander. Captain. He had just he's been made captain? captain. He was just made captain of the Enterprise. Oh, that's then, right. Yeah. And then and then Kirk steps on his toes. Yep. I feel I'm like that captain, I feel no. like there's two other movies that start like that. <laughs> Probably. Isn't um that's how Star Trek Generation starts. Oh, well, he kind of just takes over because he has to, I thought, like, because, like, the guy dies or because something. Because Cameron from Fer- Ferris Bueller's Day Off can't handle his shit. Right, that was the different one. Yeah, you're right, because he's, like, he gets too scared and he hands it over to Kirk. Yeah. He, he freezes up. Um, some <laughs> other, not say funny moments, but moments that, uh, the oh no they're forming when they fail to tele, when they fail to transport two people. That was a pretty terrifying scene. It's- it is creepy, and then they're like half-formed cries and digital. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you can see they're all messed up, and you're kind of glad they don't show it. And then what makes sense is like later on, Bones is scared to use the transporter. I'm like, no shit, he's scared. Look what just happened a few minutes ago. That's terrifying. <laughs> Apparently, they still don't have these transporters down after all these years. <laughs> it's early, though. That's early in the game. Yeah. So before that, even, when they're getting to the ship... This is the most notorious scene from this movie because they take 20 minutes to circle the ship and look at it like it's a porn model or something. There, there are a lot of shots like that throughout yeah. this movie. I forgot how many shots there are like this. People just movie. staring at the screen as they're like slowly. They, they were really, they, they were like, man, we spent a lot of money on these miniatures. We really got to show this shit. <laughs> and the script is only 20 pages long. So yeah. <laughs> let's just This is keep- just this is one episode that we are driving out for an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> and the shame is that I think it's a great story and it's a good, the, the story itself is good and the characters are good. The little bit of dialogue there is, is good. Yeah. And but I then, can't imagine at the time, cause Star Trek had been off for 20 years at that 10 point. 10 years at that point. Ten, ten, only 10 years. Yep. Huh. Um, you know, you have enough diehard fans to demand a film be made and then to see your favorite characters back. You're just happy. They're there. Yeah. And they're hoping that they're point. happy to stare you don't at the care ship what they do. 
But uh, yeah, transporter accident's awful. Um, the whole wormhole scene where they're having an acid trip. Uh, I thought that was entirely unnecessary. I thought so. I, I, that was the next thing I, I wrote down too. Was um, I thought that the, the whole wormhole glare effect was actually really reminiscent of JJ JJ's Star Trek. That's true. All they the did glare that same and blur. Thing. A lot. Just I, I was kind of taken aback. I was like, oh, that's very JJ like blurry glare shit. I didn't even think about that. Maybe he took it from this movie. So then I wrote down about uh, two moments that are like. Two of the most non-Star Trek moments I think I've ever experienced in, in one of the old films. Is they're in the wormhole, like, oh, we can't break free, Captain. We don't have enough energy. And then what's their what's their 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 escape plan? They're just gonna shoot an asteroid and blow it up. <laughs> and it's gonna that's, knock them out. I, was I don't like, know, that's it's not pretty Star Trek. That's Come pretty on. Kirk, though. Kirk is I guess. does stuff like that all the time. Punch it in the face or <laughs> just whatever. Um and this one comes later on, like much later, so I'll I'll but it's so good now uh, is, you know, there's that giant beam of light that, that comes in to the onto the bridge and starts accessing their computers. Yeah. And uh, they're like reading off. He's getting Starfleet's, uh, you know, numbers and coordinates and defense matrix stuff. And then everyone's kind of sitting and and Reverend Camden is standing just looking helpless. <laughs> and Spock walks over to him and like kind of pulls him out of the way and steps up. And I think like. Spock is going to hit some buttons and shut down the computer or he's going to reach in and rewire something. But now Spock just just slams his two hands and breaks that shit. <laughs> like, like just just Hulk smashes the console to stop it. <laughs> I actually they must have been looking away from that. I forgot all about that. Um, but yeah, I was like, that is not a very Star Trek thing of them to do. It's not very Spock like either. Spock just walk up, just smash shit. <laughs> Get out of the way, please. Smash. I do like that Spock like just randomly showed up to save the day. Yeah, he got. That's the whole weird thing. It's like the whole plot was hinging on him just hearing the call from this machine through his brain. Like, right, right, and they've got like a telepathic link, I guess. Even though it's I, a machine, I don't understand. That didn't really make a lot of sense. But they had to figure um, out a way to get him on and, the ship. And honestly, the scene where his little ship docks with the Enterprise. Is, is like the most drawn out fake suspense piece of garbage ever. And it's like six minutes long. <laughs> exactly. It's, it just keeps going. We will now watch this tiny module attached to the ship. Look how majestic it is. Look, it's barely moving. It <laughs> but uh, the theme called Ilea's theme was my ringtone for a while. It's when they okay. had the love scenes with Ilea and Captain Decker where she's just they like... It starts. Na, 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 that scene. It was. I love that music. It's really pretty. Um, I remarked that Bones is the only person who gets the deep V uniform with the chest hair for some reason. It's probably in his contract. I want chest hair, damn it! I want to show. <laughs> so he gets it for some. I want reason. the ladies to know I'm a man. <laughs> <laughs> it was the late seventies. I guess it makes sense. Uh, did you notice the strange? multiple uses of the double focus because no, back, what do you mean back then they couldn't lenses couldn't uh focus on more than things that were too far away from each other because they didn't have that kind of really lens that could capture all that light so right they had to focus on one person and then reshoot the whole scene focusing on another person and then mix the two angles and so you sh- you'll see kirk is in focus and then this guy way behind him is also in focus but in between them is this blurriness and it no. was so distracting to me. It happened like four or five times. I didn't even notice that. It was really annoying. Um, 
I'm glad you didn't notice it then. And then I feel like once they finally encounter the like cloud electron thing, mm-hmm. this is literally what I wrote. I feel like the whole middle of this movie is them floating aimlessly through blue light with symphony music behind them. <laughs> and then Sulu telling them how close or far they are from things. And Sulu with his mouth open, staring. And I feel like that that is literally... There's like 25 minutes in the middle of the film where that's all it is. I don't think you're exaggerating. I think it's about 20 minutes. I don't think minutes. I am. <laughs> I, like, I, were I, they trying to do 2001 Space Odyssey where most of that movie is just floating around with music playing? I get, I think that they were really trying to show how beautiful the set was and let audiences take it in because they'd never oh, been yeah. able to do Star Trek on that big of a, a scale before. It's true. And I think that they were trying to do fan service, but looking at it now, it's just ridiculous how little happens. Right, and like they're trying to also, I guess, go off to all the effects in Star Wars, but the effects in Star Wars were good <laughs> for the time. Right. So they shouldn't have shown off these effects that they couldn't do very well for so long, but I guess they didn't know they were bad. I don't know. Um, another moment I liked, and mostly because I really like the Borg mythos, and V'ger fits into the Borg mythos. It does in the books. Um, in yes. the canon, yeah. It, well, in official canon. Thank you very much. Well, eventually they, they, they are kind of saying that isn't the case now, but I love the, the books that says it is the case where V'ger was basically the start of the Borg. And it, like, right, yeah. V'ger then landed on some planet of cybernetic... Right. Like, like, because it makes sense. Creatures and then absorb them, and they became this like hive mind of must collect things for me. Because it does the same thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to assimilate you. That's exactly what she kept saying well, all the time. Well, the connection I like that I actually never caught before is at one point, Spock is telling Kirk we can't do it, and he literally says, any show of resistance would be futile, Captain. Ah, I didn't and catch I that. And I was like, oh. Resistance <laughs> is futile. <laughs> A maximum phaser strike directly at the beam might weaken it just enough for us to break free. Break free to work, Commander. Any show of resistance would be futile, Captain. We don't know that, Mr. Spock. <laughs> so Spock. when Aaliyah gets, disappears. Is that Baldy? Uh, Yes. All right, Bobby. Uh, Decker, who's in love with her, and the rest of the crew is just like, oh, she's gone. And But every other time that ship has done something, it's it's that meant they were dead. So why were they not more concerned? They all just like kind of stood there, and then they moved on about their business, and Decker was making jokes like 10 minutes later. I'm like, your love is dead. Like, why are you not more concerned? And he only I think concerned. he was just trying to show that he's over that bitch. <laughs> really stick it to her, I guess. I'm just into girls with hair now. That's yeah, all. sorry, babe. You can't grow hair just to turn off. And you've seen my loincloth. You know what's going on. Speaking of her hair, apparently part of the trivia was that that actress Persis Kambata, who was form, former Miss India, actually. It's an awesome name. Yes. Uh, she was so terrified that her hair wouldn't grow back if she cut it off that she made Gene Rodberry pay for an insurance policy. That for, but it did grow back, so she was fine. But she was terrified of cutting her hair off for the movie. Interesting. Did you also notice they changed clothes like 10 times in over the course of 24 hours? Yes. I, well, I specifically noticed it with Kirk. Yeah, especially with him. Who's Yeah, because it started as, um, God, I don't remember, but I remember he went from like a dark brown tunic to like a white, almost like a pe- peasant shirt at one point. <laughs> yes. uh, the outfit I loved that I think was only in the background of like one shot is when Robot Baldy... I can't remember. Aliga? Aliga, yeah. Leah shows back up after the thing sent her back. 
Mm-hmm. And there's a member of uh, security with her. And he looks like he's <laughs> he looks like he he's about to play some weird future sport. <laughs> yeah, he's got a like a helmet, but it's got like it has the this the um the insignia on it for uh like the swoosh thing that they all wear, but it's on his forehead. <laughs> it so it's stupid. got a chin strap and it's got like chest armor. It looks so good. It looks like he's about to play that game like rollerball. Or Pyramid Ball from, like, Battlestar Galactica or something. Yeah, exactly. But looked, I was like, what the hell is that They never wearing? did that before or after again because they always just wore regular Starfleet uniforms if they were security. Like, they didn't change into, like, this padding that would do nothing against laser guns. So they did that, like, an Enterprise, but they had these Maquis guys who were the, um... Not Maquis, I forgot what they were called. But anyways, they, were like, they had security outfits, but that was set, like, 200 years in the past. So right. uh, they never did that again. That looks so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it was. I was like, what the hell is that guy wearing? <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready to play some football? Some football? <laughs> uh, there was the longest Vulcan nerve pinch ever, it looked like, in that one scene. Oh, yeah. The reaction was real. It was a bad. Ex- ah, <laughs> <laughs> that guy was going. a horrible actor. <laughs> he had a giant porn stash, too. <laughs> you know what he was saying? He, th- he was thinking to himself, Josh, this is your moment. <laughs> this Live is your up. moment to prove your dad wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, like the director and, and Leonard Nimoy are like, what is taking him so long? Go to the ground. Did you tell him to, to, to shorten that? I did. I told him twice. <laughs> what is he doing? We don't have time to get another actor. Yeah, he had to make sure his face got all the way in the frame and then slowly moved down. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Uh, and then, of course, uh, they finally break in to this thing. Mm-hmm. To find out it's the Voyager probe from Earth. Voyager. And then it's looking for its maker, which is us, and so that's why it's heading to Earth. It was for all its intelligence, it's pretty dumb not to realize it's back where it started. Yes. <laughs> well, I couldn't figure that out. And so then basically Reverend Camden takes the hit and is like, <laughs> I'm the creator, and then disappears in a thing of light. The one thing that I thought was really cool was that, um, so when Reverend Candom is turning into, like, a ball of light, and you see, like, the bright light and, like, the sparkles in the air and his hair is flipping like there's air rushing at him. He was getting the quantum it, leap machine, basically. It, that was exactly what I wrote. I was like, he really? looks like Scott Bakula <laughs> in the opening of Quantum Leap. I was just thinking that. <laughs> that is exactly what I wrote down. That's hilarious. <laughs> I was like, man, is this the Quantum Leap opening? Now he's lost through time and space, <laughs> jumping from life to life. Reverend Sam, Camden. Ziggy says that you're probably here to stop the boy from running away from home. Except in this version, he has this uh, uh, bald woman melted to his skin that he has to walk <laughs> around with. <laughs> She's like attached to his face halfway, so he's horrific looking. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that's exactly what I thought. He looked like Scott Bakula, and I thought that was another fun Trek connection. Since Scott Bakula played the captain at Enterprise. <laughs> that's really funny. We both thought that. Uh, uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so there's very few aliens in this movie. There's uh, Klingons in the beginning. Yeah. There's a weird forehead guy on the ship. Yeah. Like yeah. Weird... And then the Vulcan. There's a couple of Vulcans, uh, and then there's one blue guy that was in the crowd in that big, the big crew scene. Yeah. And I guess it was probably because of budget. Everyone else was in humans in 70s clothes, so. Yeah, some bullshit. <laughs> and the final line of the movie. Mr. Sulu, I had warp one. Warp one, sir. Heading, sir. Out there. 
that away. Out there, that away. Out there, that away. Um, yeah, for whatever reason, this movie was much better in my memory. Oh, but I do feel like of the entire movie, I, I bet you if I timed it, of the, what is it, hour and 30 minutes, something like that, that 40 minutes of that is spent with no one talking and just wide sweeping shots of things. You could probably tell this whole movie story really well in half an hour. It'd be like a really good half right. hour television. The, that's the whole time I was like, this feels like one episode of Star Trek that just got a really big budget. <laughs> yeah. And so they're like, oh, we got to show this whole thing off. I still like it, but I just, I feel like fast forwarding through parts. Yes. Because it's not the, a bad the long movie. drawn out shots where it's just panning over a model. Yeah, it's like I've really seen it. intense symphony music behind it and blue light. Or the opening and closing of the giant robotic asshole like several times. Yeah, the robot sphincter. Yeah. Yep. We could have gone without a couple of those. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But overall, I I do like this movie. I'm sure that for fans at the time, it was very exciting to have the crew back. Uh, It showed interest. And then this, of course, led to Wrath of Khan. Like, this is what got major producer saying, oh, we can make money off this still. Yeah. So what did you give it out of five stars? Uh, Five stars. My memory said like four and a half stars. Wow. But reality now is saying like two stars. <laughs> I'll give it three because I like the story a lot. I like the characters and the acting, all that jazz. But yeah, this it, it's so slow. Yes. But great story. Um, I mean, I remember being really shocked by the ending when I first saw it. So because it hadn't been yeah. spoiled. I mean, me. V'ger was a great, a great reveal. Right. Just a great reveal. But after you know it's V'ger the whole time, the whole thing loses all of its pomp. It's a little bit, yeah. Uh, So, some quick trivia, if you don't mind. Ooh! Uh, The producers and the cast were very worried about their appearance after being away from Star Trek for 10 years, so special lighting and camera tricks were used to hide the cast's aging, and William Shatner went on a near-starvation diet prior to filming. (laughs) However, in all subsequent Star Trek movies, it was decided to make aging part of the story. Because they're like, we can't hide how old they are anymore. Right. Um, and Spock was originally not in the movie because he was pissed off because of all the money he was losing off of the uh, royalties and licensing rights for Spock's appearance because they were using it everywhere and he wasn't getting any money for it. So they renegotiated that and that got him to be in the movie, which I understand. That makes sense. Um, Ahura's communications earpiece is the only original prop from the original series they used. Cool. The cast hated the uniforms and they required assistance in order to be removed. Um, and some of their conditions for returning for a sequel was new uniforms. That's why those never came back. Oh, good. Good for them. Orson Welles narrated the trailers for this film. Star Trek, the motion picture. Gene Roddenberry's production of a Robert Wise film coming this Christmas from Paramount. Orson Welles did a lot of narrating back then. (laughs) Frozen peas. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, um... I think you might know the story that the original uh, movie Gene Roddenberry wanted to be about them finding God in this first movie, but it was too much for Paramount to agree to. So that eventually came back around for the the fifth movie. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Another the one. The final, the final frontier. Is that that one? Yep, you got it. Yeah. Another one was to to go back to prevent John F. K- Kennedy's assassination. Um, another one was them to go back in time to where they would become the Greek Titans. Uh, so that didn't happen. <laughs> but they revisited that when they went back in time. To yeah, feed they did some, the voyage home. some whales. 
it's right for some reason. Which made sense. We'll, we'll talk about that at some point, too. <laughs> and then the movie was the basis for the first McDonald's movie-based Happy Meal. Wow, very cool. 1979. Uh, yeah. And William Shatner, who saw the completed movie for the first time at the world premiere, was struck by the overall sluggishness of the movie and was convinced that the Star Trek franchise died there and then, having reminisced... Us? Well, that's it. We gave it our best shot. It wasn't good, and it will never happen again. But having recalled too, William, yes, yeah. too. But he says, but having recalled his reaction fifteen years later, he has added, "Shows you what I know." <laughs> but he was right. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's slow. It is such a slow movie. But we enjoyed rewatching it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We bash it a lot, but it's Star Trek, and it's great. It's Star Trek, and it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good. Good discussion. I look forward to reviewing more of these and then also reviewing Muppet movies, which is me too. We got a lot of fun. The first one. Is that the Muppet movie? Is that the first one? The Muppet movie would be the inauguration. Yeah. Gotcha. That's what will be up next, I suppose. All right. All right. Fine. So let's That's go exciting. on to some trailer reviews. Trailer reviews. <laughs> Here to play on Nerds, we have developed an interesting rating system to bring to you our ideas on the trailers we're about to review. At the low, low end of the scale, we have Burn It, where we think you should find every copy you can get your hands on and throw it into a barrel fire. Kill it with fire. <laughs> and our next step is Drunk Watch, which means that, yeah, I'd watch this movie. It'd be entertaining if I was under the influence of some kind of substance of some kind. But if I was sober, probably not going to check this thing out. No, nope, not going to see it. Next, we've got We'll See, which is maybe we just don't know enough about this movie to tell what the hell it's going to be. Could be good. Could be bad. Not sure. Eh. And our next category would be Get the Couch Ready, which means I'm definitely going to check this movie out at home. Wouldn't necessarily pay the big bucks of see it in theaters, but I'm definitely going to watch it at home. So get that couch ready. After that, we have Take a Look, where we are recommending for you, our viewers and listeners, to check out this movie and check out the trailer and tell us what you think about it. We, we wanted to see what you guys think. It looks pretty good, but we're not quite sure yet. Yeah, take a look. Yeah. Let us know. And for our final and best category, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. Shut up and take my money. This looks so awesome. We're going to see it. That's where we cannot wait to give Hollywood bigwigs all of the money that we have earned at work to go see a film for $47. We're so excited. We just have to go see it. We, have, we don't have a choice. And that is our A Play on Nerds official copyrighted trademark system for rating our movie trailers. What should we start with first? Um... I'm going to start with the weirder of the two, which mm. for these two is kind of a competition. Uh, I think it's called Valerian City of a Thousand Planets. Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Valerian and the City. <laughs> Never mind. That makes more sense now, suddenly. And I know Valeria and Valerian Root as something you take to go to sleep. It's yeah. A, it's an herbal supplement. This, I don't, I don't know what this movie is about. <laughs> True. Um, it seems to be about... Space pirates and maybe augmented realities um, and two young people, one of which is very hot uh, in space suits. But then suddenly <laughs> they're on the beach together and they're fighting aliens and they maybe have superpowers. Maybe. I, I don't. If you watch the trailer and you know what it's about, then good for you, because I don't know what this movie is about. Well, there's got to be some people out there who know what it's about, because it's apparently it's based on a graphic novel. So, okay. There are so there you, stories out there. If you're one of those there. people, let us know, because I, I don't know what happened in trailer. In, I don't know what happened in trailer. I don't know. <laughs> 
Well, um, it's got that Carla Devine, I think it's called. It's Cruella Deville, Anna. <laughs> Cara Cara de De Levine. She was in a Suicide Squad. She played a uh, the the magic chick, the witch. Oh, uh, Enchantress. Enchantress. So apparently, and Dane Hanan Dehan or whatever is the other guy. He was the most recent Green Goblin, and I like him. And it's got a huge cast that we did not see in the trailer at all. Uh, it's got Rutger Hauer, Clive Owen, Rihanna, which we saw a brief glimpse of in the trailer. Um. Ethan Hawke and John Goodman is a voice, apparently. Hmm. Probably one of the aliens, those big aliens. And Herbie Hancock. He's always fun. Very cool. <laughs> but uh, so it reminded me a lot of Fifth Element's universe. Like that whole scene with all the flying cars and stuff like that was right yeah. out of the Fifth Element. And even the aliens look kind of like the Fifth Element. And it's certainly visually stunning. I just don't know what it's about. Right. They're That's wearing, very pretty. They're wearing armor and they show a guy like shooting a laser gun and running across these little like, I guess, force field pedestals that he's making as he's shooting them. That's pretty cool. Very visually cool. I just don't. I don't know. I guess that's why it's a teaser trailer. I'm going to give it a we'll see. That was long for a teaser trailer, though. Yeah, they're getting longer and longer. It really these days. was. Uh, but I'm going to give it a we'll see because I honestly don't know what this movie's about. And if you have seen Jupiter Ascending, have you seen that? Yeah, it's bad. Well, it, it reminded me of that, like the feeling of it and the looks, the visuals, because the visuals were fantastic in Jupiter Ascending, but it turned out to be crap. Everything um, else was not great. I mean, I still had fun watching Jupiter Ascending, but it was of no substance whatsoever. And it was all over the place and ridiculous. But I like Luck, Luck Besson, Luke Besson. I don't know how you pronounce his name, the director of this. He did the fifth element and he also did Lucy. I like Lucy a lot, actually. Okay. Most, most people don't like that either. I think it could be really good, really fun if it's well written. And I like those two actors are really good. So, yeah. Shub, for me, it wasn't me, Shub, take my money. But after listening to you, you're right. I don't know enough about it. So I could be screwed over by that. So I'm going to say take a look. Yeah. It could be, it could be insane, but it could be great. So, yeah. Give it a, we'll see. Take a look for me because I'm, I'm more optimistic about it. But That's yeah. right. All right, so what's uh, what's our other trailer review? The other trailer is a disturbing-looking film called Pet. Hey, remember me? I was just wondering if you wanted to get maybe dinner. I don't know about you, but I love seafood. There's a place on Wilshire. Yeah, we can. Tonight? Holly, right? Holly Garling. Yes, Eric. Hey, babe. I'm serious, though, Hall. Move on already. Someone's popular. Who's the guy? I already sort of have a boyfriend, that's all. No, you don't. <laughs> all these people who talk about love like it's this lightning bolt. Love's not a lightning bolt. Real love takes work. Are you really gonna lecture me on love? You're keeping a girl in a cage. I'm not doing this for me. <laughs> doing this for you. Stop! Stop! You just have it all figured out, don't you? Seth's got a little crap. You don't notice how lonely you really are. This isn't about us. I'm trying to save you. Then do it. 
Uh, and that has Dominic Monaghan, who you might remember from Lost or from Lord of the Rings. He played um, one of the Hobbits. <laughs> Mary? Did he play uh, Pippet? Ma- Mary? Mary. Mary. I'm remembering because I, <laughs> I don't know. I think he played Mary. Because Pippin reminds me of the Lord Squinchy Nose It guy. doesn't matter which one he played. He played Charlie in Lost, though. <laughs> right. And Ksenia Solo, who I know from Orphan Black, Lost Girl, and Black Swan. Uh, she was great in all of those, and she's really cute. Um, so I'm I'm a fan of hers. Glad to see she's getting a movie. Yeah, good for her. Uh, it looks very disturbing. It looks apparently like a guy about a guy who's obsessed with this chick, and he apparently runs a kennel or he works in like a veterinary's office, and he gets really creepy and stalks her and finds out what she likes and doesn't like and kidnaps her and puts her in a cage and wants to make her love him. But in the long run, it looks like she has a plan of her own to try to psychologically freak him out. And maybe she's crazy. So that's what kind of makes it interesting. She's not just trapped. She's also maybe crazy as well. So what do you think? I think it looks dark. Um, I think, you know, we're, we're sort of coming into this era of movies. And we've already seen a lot that sort of demonize social media or sort of the dangers of social media. Right. And I think this is be one of them. Because uh, at one point, you know, he asked her out or something and she goes, oh, I've got a boyfriend. And, and he goes, no, you don't. Yeah, that's what she knows. Like, <laughs> like, it's just creepy. It's weird that it's coming out. What? It's coming out in February. Oh, I didn't see. Uh, it's coming. You know, if this had come out in time for Halloween, I'd be really excited for it. But when like a dark thriller horror film comes out at some random time of the year, I go, man, what's wrong with this movie? I've noticed a little history, though, of a lot of horror movies coming out around Valentine's Day. That kind of seems to happen a lot. That's because people are miserable. <laughs> or it's a fun date activity. I don't know. <laughs> no. I'll never forget My Bloody Valentine, which was a silly horror movie that was in 3D. And there's one scene where this this woman's running away with no top on and she runs up to the screen and her boobs are flying in the screen and it's in 3D. <laughs> and I was like, I am watching a quality film right now. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> but Dean from Supernatural was in that movie. Uh, yeah. Anyways... But no, like I trust Charlie. It looks like it's got to have a, it, the movie has a good tone to it. Charlie, which is half the battle sometimes. I mean, the Dominic Moynihan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Charlie. He'll always be Charlie to me. He will always be not Penny's boat to me. Yes, absolutely. And I, I don't know. I I'm, this is probably get get the couch ready for me. Well, that's that's pretty positive though. Yeah, like it's a sort of because Anna likes thrillers that aren't too gory and that kind of stuff. And this looks like it would probably fit into that category. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's kind of more of a thriller than a horror movie looks like. But we're uh, right. I put a drunk watch because I like watching movies when I have a few beers and especially when they're good horror movies or quality movies. And it's got good actors and looks like an interesting concept. Much of that All movie. Right. Um, was it Hard Candy or something um, with Ellen Page? Yeah, where she hunts down this pedophile guy or something maybe yes that sounds right like he targets her as a pedophile but then she actually ends up planning all along to take him out and he's like the, turns the tables on him or something it's kind of like that yeah yeah so we didn't get any emails or messages this time around that i'm aware of but we Sorry, f- fuck y'all we got lots of likes from things and we definitely got our mr jarek Mike at Jarek uh, retweeted us again and said that he's been oh, listening to the show. You, so I appreciate that. So yeah, keep, uh, don't be afraid to message us and we can talk about things. We'll respond to your emails on the show and all that jazz. So yeah, that's up to the show this week. Let's, we're going to go yeah. revel in our depression and see where uh, the country goes. 
we're, on that note, I want to read a, a, just a quick quote that I put up on the page, but I feel like didn't get enough views for me to feel like it got its due credit. Oh, please do. Uh, it's from Garrison Keeler, the longtime host of Prairie Home Companion on NPR. And um, he wrote a huge article, but the opening line is this. Uh, so he won. The nation takes a deep breath. Raw ego and proud illiteracy have won out and a severely learning disabled man with a real character problem will be president. And that sums this whole week up. <sighs> we have to end on a happier thought than that. Puppies still exist. My cat still exists. <laughs> and my cat, I posted that today, that my cat, your, I said cats everywhere have no idea why we're all so sad. Yeah. So, so be sure to say hello to your pet today and cuddle them a little bit because they and don't the know. Only, the only silver lining that I can find in this is that my daughter Joyce still has the opportunity to be the first female president. Absolutely. Just put her on reality television first. She she has, <laughs> she, you know, that's that opportunity is still in front of her. It's true. I hope we have a female president before Joyce has to be in her, her 60s. Yeah, God, if it's another 35 years, what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So that's the only the only silver lining I can find here. And you know what that means? That if a man with no political background and no experience can run for president and win, that means that in 2020, uh, I better see a John Stewart, Stephen Colbert ticket. Oh, my God. That'd be amazing. People would vote for him without a doubt. If Donald Trump can win, John Stewart could win. He's so good. He absolutely could. Oh, if only. Democrats everywhere are scoffing right now and go, well, he never <laughs> Guess what? We just lost to that. Hurrah, hurrah, hurrah. So it's time to stop scoffing and doing what it takes to get this country back on track. Absolutely. In four years. <laughs> uh, so. So thanks for joining us once more. We'll keep talking about nerdy stuff if you keep coming to listen. Thanks again, Internet. And stay happy, positive, and nerdy, my friends. If you'd like to find out more about us, you can always check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash a play on nerds or check us out on Twitter and Instagram at a play on nerds. We're also streaming live game content all the time on twitch.tv slash a play on nerds fun videos and stuff to check out youtube.com slash play on nerds. And also please subscribe to us on iTunes and leave a review if possible, because that lets us be easily searched in the iTunes search index for podcasts and that way we know if we stink exactly let us know if you hate us or you love us that's always great check us out at our website www.playonnerds.com where all this content can be found at the tip of your fingers and you can also always email us at anything at a and then check us out on i guess snapchat maybe <laughs> for dick or, or tumblr <laughs> tumblrs Periscopes. Uh, you could also throw a rock at us with a message on it. Carrier pigeons. We accept cassette tapes. <laughs> I love cassette tapes. We just want to hear from you. Yes, please send us anything you like at any social media outlets. However you do it, check us out. And how. How.